1: excuse me veronica <clears throat> yes what is a break i would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party excuse me the party the pants with the pants party with pants <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host, Harrison Star, aka Boilerhawk. Joining me today is Max. Max, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Um, I mean, besides the whole football should be cancelled and fired into the sun, I'm doing great.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw your uh your Chicago Bears had a rough go of it this afternoon.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I didn't. So the thing is now is that I live in Minnesota and since they both, since they and the Vikings both played at noon, uh, on the same channel, I didn't have to watch any of the bears games. So, uh, it came it didn't come until later that the defense just let the, the Oakland Raiders run 97 yards on them to win the game. So, I mean, that was, uh, it's been a rough afternoon.
1: Well, and, uh, Word is that they didn't get in until Friday, which seems like a bad idea if you're traveling. You know,
0: to, all, all to, the your, way uh, to London. Yeah, and this is this is the second time this year that Nagy's done something stupid like this, where he just doesn't believe in jet lag or whatever. Like earlier this year, he told reporters he didn't believe in the uh, Denver altitude. Uh, oh, okay. So you know, the, he doesn't believe in altitude. He doesn't believe in jet lag. Uh, he doesn't believe in good quarterbacks, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I probably don't need to get into many other discussions about what <laughs> Mag- Matt Nagy doesn't believe. Uh, so, <laughs> no. uh, we were talking yesterday, uh, and I-, I told you that I was going to a concert of sorts, Jambalaya, and I, I was preparing uh, six-second takes. Like uh during the the act just before uh Juice World. Okay. I'm sure our listeners know who what both of those things are. Uh,
0: so. <laughs> which Jumbalaya anyway, or six second takes.
1: Well, Jambalaya and Juice World. Six second oh, takes yeah. is probably easy to discern. Yeah. Um but I have a longer take because what happened was actually kind of insane. So the weather had been like kind of a problem all day, but really held off. Like, not even halfway into Juice World's concert,
0: they... He went last.
1: Yeah, he went last. So, like, at 10 o'clock at night, they flash up on the side screens. This concert is suspended. (laughs) The final act is over. (laughs) And his DJ's like, they want us to shut down for the weather. What do you think about the weather? And then they cut off his mic immediately after that. So (laughs) needless to say, everyone was so angry. And ultimately, my take on the situation is like, I get it, weather happens, but you can't just spring this on at the end, like between the acts, say like, oh, tracking weather in the area, yada, 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 that way people don't get all pissed off because hey you shut it down i mean they would be mad anyways because the majority of the people there were high school and college students that you know just have built up angst and and want to get it out with uh a juice roll concert and uh i guess that was my my saturday night that (laughs) i wanted to share with you and everyone else
0: most importantly uh did the weather get kind of crazy after that
1: so, it didn't really start pouring until we were on our way home, a.k.a. Pizza Hut, to uh, pick up some dinner. Uh, <laughs> sure. So, uh, the funniest thing, actually, after leaving... Sorry,
0: I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, but, like, once we are in the parking lot, and, like, we go one way out of the parking lot, and because it's, like, a bunch... it's probably, like, a fraternity directing traffic or whatever... Like, sure. they, they, don't, they just don't want to get wet. Turns out, like, the direction we were going, and we sat, like, in the exact same spot that we were at, maybe 10 minutes. Christina had to get out of the car, talk to the guys, and be like, so what's going on? Turns out they had barricaded the way out with ATVs. And this only works if you're going to direct traffic away from the ATVs. Mm. So, ah, a weird Saturday, uh, but it did provide some nice distraction from what happened before that. Uh, because uh, Iowa lost ten to three, and it really didn't even feel like it set football back. Like I, 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 actually don't think like of the Kirk Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz the auteur. Like this didn't feel like it was even a pantheon level like ugly football game. Um, because there was some, like, playmaking happening. It was just, it, it just kind of came to a head in a way that was very ugly at times, but not necessarily at the whole. That's kind of my initial takeaway when I read kind of some of the more national things and national headlines. Um, But it wasn't fun, Max, that, that's for sure.
0: No, it wasn't. And, yeah, it was kind of one of those weird games where, like, it didn't feel like it set football back in the way that, like, the quarterbacks were, like, Eight of 30 for like 72 yards or anything like that. Like, passing game was, I mean, when it connected, it was good. You know, it wasn't terrible at least. And it was just the running was bad. Um, the offensive line play was not to, it wasn't to be desired. Um, and most importantly, the play calling, it wasn't good um, to, not to just uh, just to kind of open up that uh that to broach that topic it's uh it wasn't good.
1: Yeah, I think cuz like I get it like a lot of the individual players did not have their best moments. No. I think that's that's to to be ob- to be frank about that. But also like you look at some of the things that that Brian did in terms of play calling just so many vertical routes and, and it worked I would say maybe four or five times but it worked early and it worked when they got Goodson out uh but really it was just kind of the two or three deep shots that they had the one to Smith they had one to Smith Marset and the
0: play I, or the pass interference right
1: Yep, and then the one to Goodson, so let's call it four times. It just didn't seem like it worked proportional to the amount of times that they called it, and, and it didn't, in my view, make it easier for Stanley or even for the offensive line.
0: No, it seems like they tried it once, and early on in the game, that one from, like, I don't remember how far back they were, but they did that one, they completed it to Smith, which was at like, the four-yard line, maybe? Yep. Like, yep. pinned real deep, and they completed the pass, and it was a great pass, um, pretty solid coverage. And they just kept trying to go back to the well. And, you know, in, even the announcers pointed this out. Uh, I, oh, It was Clat that pointed this out. They showed the, um, you know, little sky cam video from behind the offensive line. And right when the play starts, or like later on down that drive, right when the play starts, both safeties are going are pinching outwards because they know it's coming (laughs) and it's like you know then that's when they got that interception is on another one one of those other fade routes i forget who they ended up throwing that one to that there was an interception later on in that drive close to the uh goal line but you know michigan knew it was going to come after a little while they realized that Brian fell in love with Stanley's arm and with this play, and f- after it worked one time uh, for a completion and then one other time for pi, um, and Iowa just kept going for it, and you and, know, and Michigan, I, they really heated on it.
1: Yeah, and I think it was almost like a Jedi mind trick from from Don Brown, like, hey, we know. I guess in some of what I was reading, Jim Harbaugh felt like they were very comfortable thinking that they could get to Stanley a lot. And And I think part of, and they did. Yeah. Right. I mean, (laughs) obviously. Uh, So, so Don Brown was right on that. And I think part of that is like the Jedi mind trick of, if you're going to try and get to the quarterback, you're going to give something away. And with the press coverage, That looks enticing, especially considering, like, Iowa has better athletes out wide than they have in the past. Sure. But there are only so many times that you're going to win on a go-route. And, and I mean, there there were some missed calls. I get that. But it just felt like, especially when I was going into the wind, because I think all three of Nate Stanley's uh, interceptions were going into the wind. The third one I actually don't necessarily consider an interception.
0: Uh, That's the battered one, uh... And the dude just happened to dive and catch it.
1: Yeah, and that was on fourth down, anyways. So, yeah. I'm like, God, it actually gave him slightly worse field position. Right. Uh, but uh, the thing about um, the go routes is, like, it, Tracy isn't necessarily the guy to run those go routes. No, He's I don't
0: think smaller. Oliver Martin is either.
1: Agreed. And, and that was
0: the first interception, right?
1: Yeah, Tracy no, that the was two the interceptions. And he was also going into the wind both times.
0: Yeah, Martin wasn't the interception. Martin was that one that people were real upset about the holding, defensive pass interference in the end zone on a really poorly thrown go route.
1: And if we're being honest, like, it was uncatchable. It wasn't uh, uncatchable.
0: I can see where people might make the argument about the holding, but it wasn't pass interference for sure. That ball was not going to be caught by anybody. It's not going to be caught by any of the cameramen on the sideline. And it I, yeah, It wasn't a good throw.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. And, like, Stanley missed on plenty of throws. Um, But I think, ultimately, the thing that frustrated me was just the play calling felt very emotional. Like, I, if you're going to throw a fader out on third down and five, uh, or third down and goal from the five, is Oliver Martin really the guy you want to do it? Or are you just putting him in there because he played against Michigan and you want to send a message? Personally, yeah. I didn't have a score in that situation.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. It was it was just perplexing a lot of the time. Like, Especially when we, I mean, I think that we realized it's pretty early on, and Iowa probably realized it's pretty early on. Michigan was blitzing the hell out of them. And for some reason, they just thought, well, we're going to go five wide, four wide, and uh, the tight end, and we're going to beat we're going to beat you deep. And it was just, they didn't really run anything that was, you know, any quick hitters later on in the game. And then they started off the game with them and they were working pretty well. These little drag routes, these little crossing routes, and they were working just fine. I thought at least, but you know,
1: yeah, I think you're right there, but those are also routes that take a little bit more time. And I think when, when, you talk about the DNA of Iowa football because this is something that the beat writers love to talk about. It really shows up in a game like this that five wide just isn't in there in the arsenal as a DNA. Because when you go five wide, especially against a team like Michigan, you need to be willing to dink and dunk all over the field, and go routes aren't dinking and dunking.
0: No, no, and you need aren't. to
1: stretch them horizontally. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like people might hate me for this, but this is the type of game that Greg Davis would have been very comfortable calling plays in.
0: Yeah, no, and, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I mean, obviously people are probably going to upset saying, whether you saying that, yeah, I, and it's weird to say, but, like, yeah, this was a game that, like, this is Greg Davis, you know, we're going to run just nothing but five-yard uh, outs and five-yard curls, and, you know, little little slant patterns and whatever and we're gonna beat you with it uh and you know i would when iowa was able to get these little quick passes they were good like they ran some pretty solid screens they um you know ran some good short passes in the middle of the field and that was that's the other thing with it too is that the way that michigan was playing with their blitzing linebackers all game they were incredibly susceptible to getting beat in the middle of the field. And Iowa beat them in the field, middle of the field over and over and over again. And for some reason, they just, you know, uh, they, I just think that ultimately the play calling was lackluster because they, the formations weren't good. You know, we were just talking about how 5-wide isn't part of Iowa's DNA. I understand that they don't really have a tight end that they trust right now. But you got to have maybe, like, sergeant in the backfield at the very least for, um, you know, for pass protection because – or maybe a tight end for extra pass protection because Iowa was consistently getting beat and Stanley was on his back half the game.
1: Yeah, I I guess the thing that scares me as much as anything seeing what Michigan did against Iowa is that we know these teams that Iowa struggled with the last, I mean, call it – four years is the Michigan, well, maybe not Michigan, but like Penn state, they struggled with consistently. They haven't beaten Wisconsin in three years. And these are teams that play defense in a similar way where they'll, they'll bring four or five guys. They might not necessarily bring a ton of pressure from a pure, pure volume standpoint, but they'll spend it from a lot of different places. And you know, I I think maybe this is the time to to transition into Stanley a little bit because it's a road game. I get it. But at some point, you have to be able to identify where these blitzes are coming from. And there are only so many times that you can have a potentially legacy defining drive before your legacy is that you have put up really good stats and just couldn't win a big game. And, And I think just looking at where I was now, uh, uh, maybe they beat Penn State. Um, we've seen weirder things happen, that's for sure. But it's hard for me to project some type of um, change that that will result in a ten and two type season. I think nine and three is the ceiling, and that's something I texted you a little little earlier mm-hmm. uh, this weekend while we we're watching the game. I think, and I think that that's just kind of it.
0: Yeah, and you know Stanley, he can make all the throws he needed to make. He's had he's had great stats, you know, throughout his Iowa career. This was probably this and last year's Penn State game, uh, probably his worst two. Uh, I mean, correct me if you think I'm in, if you think I'm wrong. Probably I mean, maybe the Mississippi State game to an extent, but that defensive line was just a whole other animal. But anyway, um, beside the point. You know he's put up really good stats, and for some reason, when he just goes on the road to these more hostile environments, or when he plays these, you know, better defenses that are throwing this pressure at him, his internal clock is just, it just isn't there. He's not identifying these blitzes, and part of it's probably also this year, and I think on this Michigan in this Michigan game, uh, you know, on the offensive line in the sense that the center is supposed to, you know, be able to help call these out. And we've got a true, is is he a true freshman or is he a redshirt freshman?
1: No, he's a redshirt freshman.
0: Yeah. He's a redshirt, I mean, the center's a redshirt freshman and, uh, you know, he just probably isn't there yet in terms of being able to call out those packages and call out those blitzes. Like, you know, he probably should be able to and... You know, so it's probably just a little bit of an experience there. But Stanley's, you know, he's been here for three years as a starter now. He played just a little bit his freshman year. He needs to be better at this stuff. And I'm not saying that he's bad. I'm not saying that I think that they need to bench him or anything like that because obviously he's our best bet. He's been there and he can do what he needs to do. The Ohio State game in 2016 shows that. Um. You know, these other games he's had where he makes these great throws, you know, it shows that he's capable and that he's probably the best bet and he's probably the, you know, going to be like a fourth-round draft pick next year in the NFL. But, you know, there's just little things, though, that are just baffling. And I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to go to, like, what are the things that are just – we see too much of from Stanley. And to me, I think the way he tries to escape pressure, it's amazing when it works, but when you're going up against team speed, like you are against Michigan, you can't spin out one direction and move back 10 yards. He's certainly not like helping himself (laughs) in some, in some of these scenarios. Right. Because not only that, but like he's, I think he just kind of, I, I guess I'm just not quite sure because, but like you said, he's been there four years. He's been under Ken O'Keefe's coaching for three of those years. You would think that some of this stuff would be a little cleaner. Um, but but that's kind of where I do get back to the play calling and the play design. That right. that they're they're doing some of it where they're getting guys in quick hitting fashion, but. They didn't do a wholesale change to that. And that was what Iowa needed at that time. And it's frustrating because when you kind of bounce that against what's happened to Iowa's defense, we thought, hey, this line was going to be awesome. And it has been awesome because it's not really allowed huge plays in the pass game because people are so conscientious of that line getting home, they're dinking and dunking. And you would think that Iowa would be more capable of flipping to a dink and dunk. And that's just kind of where I come back to, this just isn't their DNA. Like, I mean, that Kirk Ferentz says they had a good plan, but they really kind of shredded it. I I, I didn't hate the run game. And I, I think Sergeant, especially,
0: yeah. Go ahead.
1: Argent was not good, no. but you look at Torin Young, eight eight carries for 40 yards. He had that really Fine. strong opening drive in the second half, and, mm-hmm. and I just think like at some point, like the 10-3 game, I can see initially you're afraid of letting that get out of hands. I get it. Like You feel like you have to score 30 points to win the game, so you immediately get into passing scenario, but this is where you almost just have to trust Phil Parker that this game isn't going to get out of hand, and he will allow Iowa's offense to be in the same way that an Iowa offense should allow the defense to be what it wants to be. And to me, that's kind of like the complementary football aspect. Like, uh, So like once you kind of get to that third quarter and mid of the middle of the second quarter, hey, let's just get back to who we are and hope that it comes down to – still being a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, and they're tired because we've been trying to hit them over and over again.
0: Yeah, no, and I completely agree. And, yeah, I know, like, I don't want to blame Stanley for this. Like, I don't really necessarily want to blame the line for this. Obviously, the line was a little bit lackluster, and maybe Larry Jackson was a little bit rusty after not playing for pretty much the entire season at this point. Oh, yeah,
1: I would say... Six months he hasn't played.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he I mean what what do you have, like two drives in the first game?
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> Something like that. But, you know, they just the running game wasn't great. Like Torrin Young, you said he averaged five a carry and then Goodson was two and a half and Mackay was one one and some change. Uh they weren't great in the running game, but I just think that they abandoned it way too early and at a certain point, when you know that Iowa's going to be running or passing the ball, and when you're Don Brown and you know that they're going to be, they can't run these little dink dump passes, you're going to send the house. And it's not going to, and you know, I think that Iowa needed to run the ball maybe a little bit, maybe some draw plays to keep them honest. Um, I did just pull up the stats though, and uh, Iowa actually had zero yards. or sorry, one yard of rushing because of the way that sacks are um, counted.
1: Yeah. I, I think negative
0: 65 for Stanley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's so... that's really not going to help his, his career sets at all.
0: But <laughs> no, I mean, you, you... <laughs> but, no, that just kind of brings up the point though, of he runs backwards when he it feels pressure and he does those spin outs and lost eight yards per sack. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Go ahead, yeah. Uh, no, but I think like what what your point brings up is like <laughs> they didn't need to abandon it in the way that they did. That and and I'm not saying that they should have gone to running the ball 65 percent of the time because game situation certainly does not dictate that. But right. when I was kind of going through this game and because because it did remind me of the Mississippi State game a little bit, um, uh. But they were able to take uh, advantage of great field position that game. Uh, But what caught me off guard was Iowa actually passed a higher percentage of time in this game versus when they played Mississippi State. And that was a game that everyone basically lauded Kirk Ferentz for sticking to the guns, sticking to running the ball even though it was basically like running into a brick wall. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's kind of where I get back to it is it, it wasn't dead in the water, but I think they played like it was. And it's a problem they've had against good teams on the road. Part of it is just because good teams on the road are harder to play. So like, I mean, big if true. So, so, like, it, it was, to me, more uh, just, I don't necessarily want to overreact. I Like, I think it's probably human nature. And I, I apologize if it feels like I am asking for that overreaction from a coaching staff. But I actually think that they're not necessarily in a horrible spot. I mean, I, I still think nine and three is the ceiling, but I, I don't think they can. They need to change to get to nine and three. I guess is my ultimate point. I think they no. they just kind of lack an identity on offense, and it it showed up last night. It's really easy to bully around, you know, Middle Tennessee State and Miami of Ohio and Rutgers, but there aren't many more of those left on the schedule.
0: No, there aren't. <laughs> You know, a lot of people were talking about how Iowa's offense finally looked good. You know, Iowa was finally putting up points on people that it should. But, I mean, it's small sample size still, but through two games against um, competition with a pulse, they've put up, what, 21 points? One touchdown?
1: Yeah, and and I mean, that goes back even... Further, uh, oh I sure. Did.
0: I'm just talking about yeah. this season, though. I don't oh, want yeah. to. I don't want to lump last year's team into this just because of the fact that it's you know it's last year's team. The personnel's changed.
1: Well, yeah, but I also think that like we can learn things about Burke Ferrance and Iowa as a whole by, and I'm not even going back to last year's team. I'm going back five seasons where Penn State oh. they had eight points on offense, Wisconsin and. 2017, they had zero points. Penn State in 2016, mm-hmm. they had 14 points in a blowout loss, and yeah. then against Northwestern in 2015, they had 40 points. That's exciting, but I think that Northwestern team ended up like five and seven. Maybe they were. Well, that, that
0: was, one was the bad. one bad Northwestern team, I think, in yeah. the last two years. And by bad, I mean record-wise bad, because last year's was also bad. <laughs>
1: God, <man. laughs> And then uh, Wisconsin in 2015, also 10 points. So, like, there is a track record of Iowa just not being able to score points against teams that are good, for lack of a better way to frame it.
0: No, and, yeah, it's definitely a thing. I think that Iowa wants to get into these rock fights with those teams, and then once they, you know... It's what I've, I'm sure you said it, and I think actually you did say this uh, on Saturday. And it's a very common phrase. You, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and you know Iowa always wants to stick to their one plan. And once they get punched in the mouth, kind of like they did against Michigan, then you know they don't they don't know what to do. And that's a coaching that's a coaching aspect of it is that. You know these. You know it's been the same thing for years, and maybe it's and uh, it's not always a problem. You know I love these seventeen to ten dog fights if Iowa can win them. Uh, I've been applauding the Bears all season. For everybody tells me that they're playing such boring games, I'm like it's so much fun to watch the defense fly around. I don't care if it's low scoring, like it's fun, but it's only fun when your team wins.
1: Oh yeah, like I mean, I think if if Iowa, I, I think what was the statistic? They they had gotten the ball into uh, Michigan territory on like eight of their drives. If, <laughs> if they're able to score field goals on four of them, they win the game. So like I'm with you. Like the the defense did its job. I'm fine living with these types of offensive performances and wins because. That way you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Oh, we won the game, but we're also able to take some real learnings forward from this game. But I I think when you just time and again, like you're not... Because it didn't feel like Iowa won playing Iowa's game. And I think that's what frustrates me the most. And I don't know. If Iowa plays their game and loses twenty-eight to three, does that change things at all? Like, I mean,
0: so, no. Then um, people just want to fire Ferentz.
1: Then people, then people are like, "Why aren't we going five wide?" So, like, I, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, it's arguing a negative, right? Um, yeah.
0: No matter what, people are going to be unhappy. Iowa lost. I get it. <laughs> No matter what, like, we're sitting here nitpicking the five wide. Three years ago, we would have been sitting here nitpicking. Why did Iowa run the ball 92 times?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, so. No, but you I mean, can't I get, win. No, no, he can't. And, and like, <laughs> it's tough. Like, I mean, that's always going to be what I kind of come back to is, like, it's tough. Um, you're not going to be able to score 40 points over a 10 win. It was a 10 win Northwestern team. Mm. Um, you're not going to be able to do that every every game. But let let's go back to that Northwestern team. Clayton Thorson completed fifty point eight percent percent of his passes. It is unbelievable how good Pat Fitzgerald is as a coach.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, he's definitely like he's you know, definitely an eighty year old trapped. in what? How old even, and is he? Like fifty?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he- Kirk Ferentz trapped in. Pat Fitzgerald's body.
0: Yeah, but he's, he's even more crotchety than Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz only ever gets worked by referees. Pat Fitzgerald starts talking about how cell phones are ruining the country and everything that he – he goes on a new tirade every other week.
1: Yeah, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, come back <laughs> and talk about more things that our coaches are really old at being. And we're back, so I I know we didn't mention this, but I, I, at least in talking the lead-up, the one thing I do want to bring up about Kirk Ferentz is his take on uh, paying players was wild.
0: I actually didn't see this, so I'm excited to hear about it.
1: Okay, so basically what it boiled down to was I understand that we're going to get to a point where (laughs) We need to enable our student-athletes as much as possible, including money. Now, that's not verbatim. I can go find it. Uh, The conversation just kind of went this direction. But he's like, oh, then you have to worry about slippery slope. But for him to be, like, very willing to talk about paying players, to me, was, like, wild to hear. And he was the last person I expected to have this kind of take on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually surprising. That, I mean, obviously, I don't know the exact thing he said, but if he was just like, "Yeah, oh, eventually we're going to get there. And not to be, like, angry about it. Or I guess that that's not really his thing is to be angry. He just kind of – he just talks down on an idea in a very Ferencian way.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing about him is, like, He's he never gets angry, and I think that's one of the things that
0: unless it's about child blocking.
1: And he just gets mad at the rule. He doesn't even get mad at (laughs) the referees. Like he is as like almost kind of person as there is. To his neighbors. Yeah, just as except to his neighbors. (laughs) Good take there, but hey, they had it coming because. They created a homeowners association without his, uh, his, um, consent. Consent. Yeah. So, sorry, I apologize. I'm looking for his exact quote, Max. So if you want to talk for a minute, then, uh, I'll have that precise quote.
0: Yeah. I'll go off the rails for a little bit for here for a second. Um, so I went home for my sister's wedding a couple of weeks ago during the bye week for Iowa. Um, and I came back with a bottle of Malort, which is God's gift to mankind. If you ask me, big sure, Malort guys, uh, you've had it, uh, you Ben sent you a bottle actually. Um, and you didn't hate it from what I recall.
1: I didn't, I've only had it that one time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll have it again. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I brought some, back and uh because people here were just like i've never heard of this it sounds terrible and i was like well we're all gonna try it one of my buddies happened to come over to watch some football the following weekend and his exact quote on it was dude that's so bad holy shit this is awful why is it so bitter oh god it's lingering (laughs) and uh now i'm drinking an old style did you find the quote yet
1: uh, no, it was not in. <laughs> oh. So here's why. It was not in the uh, press conference. It was actually in his um, weekly. Uh, his weekly uh, radio uh, hour. Uh, mm. And now I know I responded to Scott Docterman about it. Um, and I am searching my Twitter feed once again to get the proper one. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right. Oh, cool. Kirk Ferentz on fair pay to play act per radio. I understand the fact we need to do all we can do to help athletes that to help athletes was not an exact quote, uh, quote. I think we'll continue to see the world change. The other tw- trick is to make sure it doesn't get abused. Says we need to quote, look at this thing with a new eye, which wild.
0: Yeah. Um, The more I think about the whole pay, wow, pay to play thing, play to pay, wow, words, um, they're not coming me very well right now. Uh, I mean, the more I think about paying college athletes, the more I'm just like, just let them use their likeness, just let them get paid to be themselves. Like, you don't even necessarily need to pay these kids money to play football. Like, that would be nice still, but just let them get, like, you know, do ads and you know whatever, and. That'll make up some of the money right there.
1: Yeah. Like, and like, I, I a think
0: start. it's a start.
1: Yeah. And there was something in our comments like, uh, well, this will just mean that, like, those donations will just end up going to pay the players. And like, isn't that kind of exactly the point? And that's yeah,
0: already what they're doing.
1: <laughs> and like, you look at it in Nebraska, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, had what was considered like the state of the art football arena or not arena, but state of the art football facilities. And here they are announcing a brand new one for $150 million. Like to me, I know Jay Billis has kind of this corner of like, Oh, but there's not enough money. And really he's right. Like, I mean, there's plenty of TV money. And if that needs to go to the school and the institution, that's fine. But when you sure. look at like donate donations, it's like, why not just have that go? To the players, instead of building these new things every fifteen years, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I think that's just also like a strictly American way of looking at things as all new, 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 instead yeah. of like reuse and renovate. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, this is somewhat on topic of the idea of just whole this whole new 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 thing that you just brought up like the texas rangers just are gonna open up a brand new uh, baseball stadium next year the one that they've been in has been open for 25 seasons like it's a m- multi-million dollar stadium you know like these facilities are multi-million dollar facilities like i know that they're gonna need upgrades and you know they're gonna need to be you know, the upkeep is a lot of money on these kinds of things, especially when you're talking about all these athletes that are going to be using them. But like, some of the money could go to players, and if you know that, maybe that's farther down the line. Like as I just said, you know, like maybe we just start with letting them get paid for their likeness, like or use it. Period.
1: I mean, my end goal is I just want NCAA football to return, like. like ultimately that's just what i want i just want an ncaa football game to play
0: yeah i mean who doesn't want to take uh middle tennessee state university to the national championship game it's whatever we all dream of
1: uh it sure is max it sure is (laughs) well we 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 got a little sidetracked um but
0: it It was perfect
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was perfect max you're perfect um thank you i know so as we tur- turn our uh, direction to Penn State a little bit, do-, do we have anything that we're particularly afraid of?
0: Yeah, Penn State. And it's not even, I mean, I haven't watched any of Penn State this year. I know that they uh, ran riot on Maryland. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? Um, oh, Maryland own... just like... Maryland canceling all of their classes on Friday.
1: I did not uh, realize they did that. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, they
0: canceled all their classes on Friday with the caveat of, hey, we're going to pack this house. And, like, they had everybody show up to the stadium early. And, like, I think that they gave away even free tickets to this game just to lose by 60 to Penn State.
1: That, oh, that was the week before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't yeah. this past weekend, but yeah. I just thought about that. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to had to bring it up.
1: <laughs> no, they are. I mean, Maryland's insane because, like, the fact that they just boat raced Syracuse the way that they did just blows my mind. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, is Maryland a team?"
0: No. It's it happens every single season. They just beat somebody they shouldn't beat early on, and then people think Maryland's for real, i.e., Texas.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, right. uh,
0: yeah, no, I'm
1: just, Oh you're right. just I
0: the fact you're that it's Penn, right. was it?
1: No, no, I just forgot about the Texas-Maryland game.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just the fact that it's Penn State. Uh, I always had terrible look against Penn State. When's the last time that they even beat them? Was it, uh, Joe Paterno? Yeah. Oh, God. Was it
1: 2009. I don't um, want to look this up, I'll, the fact that up. I'll, I'll, look look I'll
0: look it up because I'm curious now. Um, right. But yeah, the fact that Iowa has had absolute shit luck against Penn State, particularly against um, James Franklin's Penn State teams that have just absolutely boat raced them and all, but the last couple of matchups and last year's didn't even feel particularly close. Iowa has not beaten Penn State since 2010 in Iowa City, 24-3.
1: to I missed that. And that was the – I think that was the the scholarship year. Yeah, the thing that scares me about Penn State is, one, their defensive line looks just like terror monsters. They had 10 sacks against Purdue, which, if uh, you're not familiar, is two more sacks than Michigan had against Iowa. So –
0: but Purdue's bad. Uh,
1: I know. <laughs> Two, I, I actually think their skill guys are maybe the best I was going to face this season. So yeah, I, I, I think. I
0: wouldn't argue with that statement.
1: And, and this is a take you've had, Max. So I, I'll kind of give you the floor for this one. Mm. But. We haven't necessarily learned how good Iowa's secondary is, have we? And uh, I think we we probably learned that this week.
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily that I had this big take on it. It's just that I was reading something before the Iowa Michigan game this past weekend uh, from M-Go blog where I was just like, "They're really shitting on the Iowa secondary." Like they were like saying that Ojemudia is uh, not not very good. Um, they were saying DJ Johnson is, I mean, they did compliment DJ Johnson, but they were talking about like how everybody else is average at best, even Gino stone. They were like, he's not good. <laughs> and so, yeah, we don't really know what this Iowa secondary is last year. They looked solid. I mean, this is most of the guys that they've got this year are the guys from last year, um, minus, uh, Amani hooker. Yeah. And, I think... uh, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say Andrew Voss.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I it's Jervas, kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ko- Kerner's been okay. I mean, he got absolutely wrecked against Iowa State in those couple of uh, big touchdowns, but other than that, like he had some really good plays against Michigan this past week, I thought.
1: Yeah, like I, I think that against Michigan, Iowa's secondary was really pretty good. Uh, I- Johnson gave up that one big play, but uh, mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. think that that was pretty good defense and a great throw and catch and he was with him the whole way. I wasn't yeah. jam guys on the line, so you know that that's gonna be something that happens um but I, I think we're gonna see just how well coached Iowa's defense is because this is kind of was my point to you when you sent me that screenshot was like I just don't know how easily well-coached quote-unquote or just a super smart defense sticks out and, and i think it that that's what this defensive backfield is like they know they can't give up any big plays um and if they're put in that position what make that big play as difficult to get as possible and, and i think we've seen that um you know we, we saw them get burned a couple times against iowa state but Kerner learned his lesson. He's been,
0: yeah,
1: he's been really good. And, and to me, I think you don't hear their names called unless uh, they're being like safety's names called unless they're really good or really bad. And I heard Kerner's name called a tu- couple times, and Clat singled them out, you know, as guys who played really well. Um, yeah, him, but, and
0: Stone. Stone had that one ridiculous open field tackle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you he would. just
0: flew into the picture out of nowhere and just ruined the guy. Yeah, like I think Iowa's secondary is pretty good. Granted, I still don't think that they've played anybody um, who's a big threat this season. Uh, so, I mean, Shea Patterson, Mister Happy Feet in the pocket. I don't know if he's uh, the barometer of success still, but. I mean, they did pretty well this past weekend against Michigan. It's definitely the hardest test that they've go, gone up against in the terms of uh, wide receiver talent and quarterback. Um, I mean, Iowa State's probably number two, and they passed that test as well. But Penn State's going to be a completely different monster just in the sense that Franklin plays a style of football that's notoriously kind of dis- disrupted Iowa and what they want to do. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting. It's They've got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year um, without – uh, mm, why can't I think of his name? Oh, uh, that, the Mick quarterback. Corley. Trace. Yeah, McForley, yeah. I can't – you know, I don't know what they're going to look like against actual competition because Penn State really hasn't played anybody either.
1: Yeah, they played um, the pick team that then barely beat – the Delaware team. Uh, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: who yeah, they've 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 played nobody. So I don't know if they're for real on offense. They keep putting up points like crazy, but uh, you know they. I don't know how good they are either. It'll be interesting because I feel like this is this is the weekend. This upcoming weekend is the weekend where I'm going to pretty much just come up with all of my uh, takes on Iowa, and that's where I'm going to be at the end of the season probably. It's just I mean it's a, bit, a little bit unfair to decide this early, but I think that this is the game like the Michigan won the defense played great, the offense really sputtered. but if we have this if we see the same kind of performance this weekend, I think that that's just kind of kind of be my take on the entire season, which might be unfair.
1: No I, I kind of agree just because like I, I think I've settled into nine and three being the ceiling. Which would mean three conference losses. And those three conference losses look like Michigan, obviously, and then Penn State. Penn State,
0: Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, I mean, if, if I was able to get Penn State here, I mean, really, even if they were to lose to Penn State, they still have kind of everything out in front of them because they hypothetically could run the table the rest of the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know if ohio state loses to ohio, ohio state beats wisconsin which is kind of where i'm tracking uh you know that would put iowa in the big 10 title game at 7 and 2 over a 7 and 2 wisconsin team um but i'm kind of with you that if iowa can't win this one i'm not sure they can beat wisconsin plus
0: i don't think anybody's beating wisconsin this year and i'm going to say that right now i don't think ohio state's going to beat wisconsin
1: Oh, heard it here first.
0: I, I think I, I think Wisconsin's really good this year, and I hate it. But I think Wisconsin, uh, yeah. yeah, you're it's just gonna be a wrecking ball.
1: Um, because yeah, yeah, really,
0: yeah, no, the people here really don't like Wisconsin.
1: Uh, so yeah, I, and, and I think like if they can't beat Penn State here, they're probably more liable to dropping an even stupider game.
0: It's not even that if they lose to Penn State, it's just going to be how this game goes, because you know if this is another, you know if this is a fourteen to three football game or seventeen to seven, you know something like that, something low scoring where the offense just looks completely inept, then I think I'm going to start losing my faith pretty quickly on um, if they can, you know, beat these teams that they, you know, sh- not, not necessarily shouldn't beat, but Teams that are gonna be, you know, more on their level. And we've seen them absolutely manhandle these teams that they should be better than. We've seen them beat one team that this is quote unquote the best Iowa State team ever. Uh, that's not saying a lot. But Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, they've they need to beat these teams that are supposed to be on their level. And they haven't done this since twenty sixteen. Twenty six yeah.
1: Uh, 2016,
0: wild times. Yeah. They, that was, uh, well, I guess Ohio State was 2017, huh?
1: It was, Max, it was, yeah. but that was, uh, it's too late in the podcast to re past seasons, but.
0: <laughs> no, um, I was just, I'm just saying in the sense that. Yeah, you know, they've beaten Iowa good needs teams to before.
1: Beat,
0: yeah, Iowa needs to beat these good teams on their schedule this season because they've ran riot on these teams that aren't good. And, you know, they, I just need to see them put something together. If they lose 31-30 to 30 against Penn State, I'll be upset. But at least they'll have shown me something.
1: The defense wouldn't. I guess that would be the thing with that. Uh, but my, my ultimate point, I think, to, to build on your point, is, like, they need to beat these teams, and they need to make it matter. Right? Like, they... They played a Michigan team who is incredibly desperate. If they lose, their season's basically over. Everyone's yep. – uh, like, I, that all checks out. It's post-hoc analysis, but it's fine. Iowa needs to make one of these games matter. And if they can beat Penn State, get to Wisconsin, and, you know, whether the teams are 1-1 one and one or, or have one loss each or just one loss between the two – Iowa needs to set it up to be a de facto West division championship. Um, because like, I'm with you, like nine and three is fine, but it's like, it's, yeah, better, than usual. it's better than eight and four, but it doesn't really <laughs> matter in the grand scheme of things, which I guess is fine. I'm not sure that's necessarily where Kirk Ferentz operates. Um, Citrus
0: Bowl, Here we come. Uh, it's not the outback Bowl.
1: Can it, can it be the Holiday <laughs> Bowl, please? Like,
0: uh, probably not. Probably not. Holiday <laughs> Bowl. Is Holiday Bowl is uh is that the rung below or above? Uh, they're the back? same. Are
1: oh, they? uh, yeah, I think they're basically all the same. But like, just make these games matter in the end at the end of the season. Like, I, I, that's all I'm asking for.
0: Yeah. Is it? No, much? I agree. It, I mean we will find out <laughs>
1: fair, fair enough well max i will leave you with any uh uh final takes what, anything you have as we uh look towards the rest of the week
0: um no <laughs> nope
1: there you have it uh so uh for max for ben who was uh on his way back from uh wedding at the time of our taping and uh for myself harrison uh go hawks
0: yeah uh what he said